Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU football versus the group of five. Projections are out. How does Bill Connolly of SB Nation have BYU going against seven G5 teams? We continue our breakdown of BYU's first four games. What's more likely, 2-2 two and two or 0-4? Oh Plus, it's time to name your BYU racehorse on Kentucky Derby weekend. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday. This is how we do it, May 3rd, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. This is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. He is a proud member of the Wild Stallions, at least the backup singer, right? What's the Wild Stallions? Bill and Ted. Oh, nice. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And sh- be good to each other. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that movie coming out soon, by the way? Isn't no, it like- it's like next summer. There's a remake happening, yeah. though? Yeah. They just announced that next summer it'll come out. With I think the- they have to shoot it. With first. the actual cast? Like, are you excited yeah. about Keanu Reeves in that? No. Third part? No. Not at all. Like, the, the classics 30 years later? No. Not excited. <laughs> but we'll straight, see it, right? We'll see it. to VHS. Yeah. Is this, is this a red box for you? Is this a it. red box for you? I don't even think I've seen the second one. I just saw the original. Okay. Yeah. Is it a red box? Yeah, probably during the summer. Yeah. Because that's how you qualify things, right? Like, well, I used to do, uh, yeah, buyable, rentable, and then uh, borrowable. Like it's so, but now, rentable used to mean like five bucks. Now rentable is two bucks. So cheap. Dollars. So yeah, cheap. Yeah, yeah. It's do you want to dedicate the time of your life to that? It's more money in that because buyable, rentable, borrowable is, is money based. It's the same amount of time when I sit down and watch it. Okay. So I guess I'm asking, is it worth $2 of your time and sorry, two hours oh. of your time and two dollars. Oh, I'm really cheap. So yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Cody figure yeah. out, I guess. And Jason. Hey, a lifelong Toronto Blue Jays fan, Mark Duran is going to join the program today to discuss uh, one Danny Ainge's record and the outlook of a Mark Pope-led BYU basketball team. Does he expect more than 19 wins? And Shaylee Gonzalez joins the program to help us discuss how she got her shot at the USA Women's Under-19 World Cup team. It's a lot of ball. A lot of practice to get there. This is how we do your BYU Sports Nation Friday headlines. The Mountain West Conference website reveals BYU football will play at Utah State on November 2nd, a Saturday. This game typically hasn't happened on Saturday. On the ESPN Networks and BYU will play at San Diego State on November 30th. That game slated for CBS Sports Network. Yeah, we knew opponent and dates. What we just learned was TV. So at Utah State's typically been on CBS Sports Network unless it's on a Friday. So this is a Saturday on an ESPN, which is great. Which is great. Former Cougar running back Ula Tolutau is in the NCAA transfer portal. That according to Jay Catch of 1280 The Zone in Salt Lake. Tolutau was not enrolled at BYU last season. There was hope he'd potentially return to the team, but is reportedly looking elsewhere. As mentioned, Shaylee Gonzalez invited to the USA Women's Under-19 World Cup team trials. Wait. The West Coast Conference Newcomer of the Year will take part in the trials on May 16th through the 19th in hopes of making the final 12-member team. That's really cool. It's in Thailand, so that'd be, that'd be great for her blog, you know. 
Number 25, BYU Baseball lost 5-1 at LMU last night. The Cougars stranded runners in seven of the nine innings, including twice loaded. It's great news, Jerem. Yep. Game two tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio. Game three tomorrow, 4 Eastern, both on BYU Radio. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The first four. We're going hard after the BYU football schedule this week. It's May. And for good reason. Yes, it's May, but four straight power fives to open Utah at Tennessee, then home to USC and Washington. Jeremy, in those four straight P5s to open, is it more likely that BYU begins the season two and two, or do I dare even say it? Oh, and four. Okay. What's more likely? Probably oh, and four, just because BYU is a dog in all of those. I know three or four at home, but these are four tough games. It's not like you have a slouch among those four. Okay. At uh, Utah, obviously, there's a streak there that we talk about ad nauseum, and, and I'm going to throw up if we keep talking about it to some point, right? Well, we got 100-plus days to go, man. Too much. At Tennessee, that is a storied uh, program in place that is kind of on the rise, right? USC, of course, tons of talent. They struggled last year at 5-7. and seven. And then Washington, lost eight draft picks, but always loaded with talent. Chris Peterson knows how to get just about every position. So I don't see a one where I go, that is, an, that is a win. Like, if you put, like, Baylor on there at home, I'm like, okay, that's a game BYU should win. BYU shouldn't win any of those. Does that make sense? But I anticipate BYU to win at least one. My fear is that BYU loses all of them. Then, then that'd be really bad, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. It hasn't happened in forever. In fact, the last time BYU began a season 0-4 was 1964. Virgil Carter was the quarterback. The 55 ne- years. The next year, BYU wins the whack, and uh, that's awesome. So I don't, I don't see BYU going on four, but I think potentially we're sitting on a landmine that we're under undervaluing, perhaps. I think we're all hopeful that BYU is going to get two, but part of me says, hey, I think BYU needs to be on high alert that they need to bring it in those first four, man. There's no way BYU starts the season 0-4. I'm giving it zero chance. Just because... Per the norm, one of those four teams is not going to be as good as we think they are on paper. And one or more will be better. The perceived, man, there's no way BYU is going to beat one of those teams that they're projected to lose to. It's never really rung true. I can think of two recent schedules, or, well, one recent and one not so recent, but 1991, BYU opens up with a similarly difficult schedule. They play Florida State. UCLA and Penn State and go 0 and 3 and that's with the senior Ty Detmer and then they come back they and just play won the Heisman. a good Air Force team that was ranked in that season and BYU gets their first win against a ranked Air Force team to go 1 and 3. In 2004, we looked at the schedule in 04 and thought, "Oh my goodness." I didn't. I was knocking doors in Brazil. BYU opens up with Notre Dame, Stanford, USC, and now I'm oh, Boise State. Okay? So Who's even heard of those teams? Same thing. Can BYU win any of those games? Well, they beat Notre Dame in the opener and took care of business right there. However, they then lost to Stanford, USC, and Boise State to go 1-3. and three. But the point is they never went 0-4, not in those perceived most difficult schedules on in program history leading up to this year. Yeah. So I just don't – I see zero chance that BYU loses all four of those games. So I'm leaning more likely that BYU goes 2-2. Two and two. 
because it never pans out that all of these teams are as good as we think they're going to be. Right, and some are better than you think, too. The good news is Kalani Satake has four Power 5 road wins in three seasons. So the game at Tennessee, BYU only has one Power 5 road game this year. So 2016, BYU beat Arizona and Michigan State on the road. 2017 was an abomination. 2018, Arizona and Wisconsin. So you're right. There are always surprises. The surprise to me would be if BYU gets two of those. I don't see BYU getting three, and four is just insane. But one and three is probably the most likely outcome to me. Yeah, more likely two and two are 0 and four. Man, I just see zero chance of BYU starting 0 and four for the first time since 1964. They'll win a game in there somewhere. So hopefully that's the zero. Maybe they bounce, <laughs> ball bounces in their way, and they get lucky, and they go two and two in those first four. Yeah, so, counting yeah. on getting lucky isn't something I want to. Like It's like, yeah, I want to count on skill getting us over the top. Let's go ahead and revisit this question after game number one. Countdown to the youths. 118. Hopefully that's the one you get. 118 days away. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice to start the season 1-0 and and then be uh, looking at three opportunities to get to 2-2 two and two in those first four? Three wins would be crazy. It'll just be crazy. SB Nation's Bill Connolly is going hog wild on his team-by-team projections for the upcoming college football season. He's done with all of BYU's group of five opponents, of which there are seven. In it, he projects the Cougars to go four and three. Is that too high, too low, or just right? I think it's just right. I think that BYU plays some of the best of the rest. And by the rest, I mean the best of group of five teams. Uh, Toledo at Toledo is going to be a bear at USF tough road trip. We documented how BYU has struggled going to Eastern time zone opponents when those teams finish with a winning record. And by the way, Notre Dame didn't finish with a winning record. Six of 12 games is 500. That's not, you know what I mean? Six, five and one. That's not a winning record. That's 500. Six, five and one. Yeah. That's that's 500. Technically a tie. It counts against you. It's like a loss in a win percentage. So BYU hasn't won one anyway. So six, five, and one is being counted as not a winning record. No, because you won six of your 12 games. Okay, it's when's the last record. time BYU b- beat a team Before in the 82. Eastern time zone that finished with a winning record? If it's Before not 82. Notre Dame, if it's not Notre Dame, when did they do it? So what BYU needs is for those teams to stink. Holy cow. Okay, to my point, BYU has some really tough road games yep. against the group of five. UMass is going to be a win. But Toledo win. and USF, I don't know. At Utah State, another tough game. What are they going to be in year one under their new head coach, their new old head coach, Gary Anderson? Yeah, new old. I like that. And BYU gets Boise State uh, in Provo, so hopefully they can get their third win against the Broncos in Provo. But I, I think four and three is a very fair mark. We're all hopeful that maybe it's five and two, right? Yeah. I have BYU winning seven games in the regular season. And I think four and three against a group of five teams factors right into that. It's probably just right. Toledo is a game that I think BYU should go in and win. Bill Connolly says 60% win percentage. USF, he gives BYU the nod by two points, 55% chance. But as we've chronicled, if that team is good, typically that has meant, well, not typically. In fact, every time since 82, it's meant a loss if that team finished with a winning record. Okay. Utah State in Logan is a game that BYU is going to have to go up there and upset the Aggies. And it's pretty gnarly that we're talking like that. But again, things changed. If BYU goes 2-2, two and two, beats Toledo to go in 3-2, and two, they go down to USF and they pull off and sits 4-2, and two. now BYU is 
could be a favorite going into Logan eventually and maybe even at home against Boise State. We'll see. Things change quickly, right? Remember the feeling after Wisconsin? Peoria's ranked 20th, 3-1, and one, three, yeah, 3-1, three and one, and uh, beats McNeese. And I'm like, I, I said here, hey, BYU's not the 20th best team in the country, but let's just enjoy this. That played out. But, but it was fun, right? Boise State, 40% chance. So that's closer to a pick than we think at the moment. Utah State, same thing. And the margin by Bill Connolly, 4.4. Yeah. And San that's, Diego that's State. A game. That's, that's a play here, play there game. San Diego State's a, ta- a flip em. Yeah. 1.7 margin. So those, those three games, Boise State, Utah State, San Diego State, I think those three flip the whole season. Okay. Because if BYU goes 2-1 and one in those, now we're talking. Because, because if you can beat those teams, chances are you're going to fare well against Toledo and USF, right? Yeah, then you're going for sure, I think, 5-2 and two against the seven group of seven teams. 5-2 and two would be ideal, and, and you get an Idaho State win. There's now, six for your bowl now, game. Now, you, now if you go 1-3 and three in September, seven now, and you, five. now you can go 7-5. Yeah. Okay. BYU, has, it, BYU is going to have to balance the tough first four with the next four because in November, BYU is going to win at least three of those, if not four. I still can't get over the fact that BYU, if indeed a tie counts as a loss, I've never heard that before. I don't in know a win the, percentage. I don't know where the documentation is, but okay. In a win percent, winning record, six divided by 12 is 50. Right, but why does a tie count as a loss is my question. No, no, no. In the win percentage as you calculate it. I'm not saying it's a loss. I'm saying six divided by 12. How many games did you win divided by the number of games you played? That's your, that's your win percentage. It's 500. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Has BYU ever beaten a team in the Eastern time zone to finish with a winning record? Has that ever we'll happened to, we'll then? Have to go Is Notre Dame the closest thing? Good grief. 6-5-1. Tremendous. Hey, I'd love BYU to go 5-2. and two. And we can uh, project, by the way, from Bill Connolly's uh, numbers here that he's going to say that BYU probably goes 5-7, and seven, maybe 6-6 six and six this year when uh, he comes out with BYU against the first four as well. And last year, was, he said 5-point-something, I want to say. So you can always... Be a game or two better than that, sure. Jeremy, Utah State was way better than that last year. Jeremy, it is Kentucky, uh, Kentucky Derby weekend. The greatest two minutes of sports, or whatever they call it. Yeah, I don't know. That where's, said, where's your hat? I don't know. I forgot. Wear hats I, I, I forgot my huge brim hat. Yeah. Kalani Satake has one of those. Does he? Yeah, that he wears in uh, fall camp. Which is oh, really I, summer I, I, practice. That's more like a gardening hat. Yeah, that's the closest thing we'd have to a Kentucky oh, okay. Derby hat with yeah. BYU on it, right? Well, Costco ain't giving you the Kentucky Derby hat. If you were to name a racehorse with a BYU-centric name, yes. what would it be in the Kentucky Derby? Jimmer McDetmer. Oh, my goodness. Then I combine three great BYU uh-huh. uh, heroes. I think someone named their horse after Kyle Van Noy or something a couple years ago <laughs> and uh, won a race, so that's cool. That is pretty cool. For me, it's Harleen's still open. Harleen's still open. Can you imagine the guy? Harleen's still open down the stretch! Unfortunately, there haven't been a lot of other people open since then. Hey, well, yeah. uh, Austin Colley was open. Yeah. Well, that was and, a and so was decade, Andrew, so was a Andrew decade George. ago. Andrew George was a decade ago, yeah. Yeah, twelve, 10 and 12 years ago. Uh, losers talk about <laughs> memories from 10 and 12 years ago. Well, two or three years ago. Okay. Okay. L- look at your name, though. Jimmer, that's almost 10 years ago. McMahon, yeah. that's yeah. 40 years ago. McDetmer. Detmer, like 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Onward, Christian Stewart Soldier. Yeah. Harleen's still open. This is, like, this is the same idea as your band name, right? So band names can be so random. Same with a horse. It's kind of fun, right? 
Yes. We don't do this with children, though. We want to be more practical. Wild stallions. Yeah. Wild stallion. Be excellent to each Linton. other. Linton. <laughs> Our question of the day, we're staying with the Kentucky Derby weekend theme. If you were to name a racehorse and give him a BYU-centric name, what would it be? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At David Mangum on Twitter, blue goggles, the horse would never lose. And never has and never will. I see a winner, Jerem. Do you? I do. <laughs> I see a triple crown winner. These bad boys on. <laughs> Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, is Danny Ainge's Blue Jays homer record still in tech? Uh, Mark Duran is the perfect person to talk about this. He's a lifelong Blue Jays fan. Is yes, he rooting for Vlad Guerrero Jr. or Danny Ainge mm. to keep that record? Oh, yeah, and what does he think about Mark Pope leading BYU basketball to 20-plus wins? This is BYU Sports Nation. I think it's all good through these blue goggles, man. For sure. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. When it's live from Nashville, Tennessee, yeehaw! Saturday, May 18th, from Charlie Daniels Park, is a part of the BYU Nashville Fan Fest. We'll be live from 1 to 3 Eastern Time. We are ecstatic that we are going to be in Nashville in two weeks from tomorrow. Live from Studio B, your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play continues. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We have an update. We have an answer to the tie thing. On the 1994 BYU at Notre Dame situation, if BYU has indeed beaten one Eastern time zone one team that finished team. with a winning record. <laughs> and thanks to BYU football sports information specialist, Brett Pine, friend of the program, he says... Tie is one half win and one half loss, so winning percentage for a six five and one team would be six and a half wins out of twelve games, thus making it point five four two a winning a record. winning record. Yay, BYU did it. They BYU did it. did it against Notre Dame yeah. ninety four. I feel so much better about that now. Yeah, I, I was really like, starting to feel oh, bad. One and eighteen, one and eighteen. No, no, huge difference. Well, listen, like <laughs> that could have meant the difference between BYU never having done it. And now we know well, for sure they've done yeah, it. Yeah, we'd have to go back and look. But, yeah, the win percentage of that is still 500. Wait, why is the win percentage still 500? No, six out of 12. <laughs> and we're not talking about winning record. I'm saying the win percentage. Well, the, technica- is, the technical win percentage is 542. No, no, no. He's talking about a winning record. What? The win percentage, like kill percentage in volleyball. You go kills divided by attacks. That's your number. Oh, so okay, this, is, this is now being determined by, by volleyball statistics? No, by general mathematics. No. Point, why the I'm point not talking winning then? record. I'm talking win percentage. Are you questioning my logic? I am questioning no one asks you, Matrix. Logic. Yes. Bracket Matrix. I Plus, am. we haven't heard from you in four years anyway. <laughs> I forgot you existed. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, and now a Major League Baseball update, Jerem. We're still playing this? Apparently we are. Friday. YOLO. This is new music? (laughs) Batter up. Vlad Guerrero Jr. did not play in last night's 6-2 loss for the Toronto Blue Jays against Jerem's second favorite team, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. No, they're my least favorite. I know this. Therefore, Ainge's record remains safe for at least one more day. And the record is, he's the youngest Blue Jay to ever hit a homer. Vlad Guerrero Jr. could become that guy if he hits a homer. So, Danny Ainge still got it. Blue Jays take on the Rangers. And you know what that means. Wake up the ghost of Nolan Ryan and let's go Rangers, right? He played for a lot of Are we all in on Danny Ainge holding on to this record? I guess. 
I didn't know we were. I leave for I, one day, and I'm like, what do we do? What's going on? Okay. Danny Ainge, still the youngest player in the Toronto Blue Jays organization to ever hit a home run. Yeah, and uh, best wishes to Danny as he continues to recover from that heart attack that yeah. we uh, heard about too. Yeah, that night. was really, really uh, weird, scary news. Luckily, and, it sounds like he's doing yes, okay. And his sons, Austin and Tanner, were both vocal on Twitter yesterday saying how much they appreciated the Celtics organization and that things are going well. All Magic Johnson considered. tweeted yeah, Great that. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we wish Danny the best in his recovery. Uh, Mark Durant is joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. He is a lifelong Toronto Blue Jays fan, or so I've been told. Mark, uh, with all this Danny Ainge owning the record business going around, how do you feel about it all? Are you pulling for Danny, or would you like to see Vlad Guerrero Jr. do this and and help your Blue Jays get off to a a little bit better of a run here in May? Well, first of all, uh, well, you know, it's great to be on with you. I miss you guys, first of all. Let's get that out of the way. (laughs) We miss you, Musk. I've really missed you, and what an exciting show you've had. I was sitting here. Listening to you talk about win percentages, and I'm just, I feel like Winona Ryder at the Oscars with the equations floating in the air over my head trying to figure out what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, but finally, finally, BYU Sports Nation is, is talking about the Toronto Blue Jays, which really makes it a great show. There's just not enough Toronto Blue Jays talk on BYU Sports Nation. But uh, uh, listen, uh, I'm a little bit conflicted. Obviously, Danny Ainge, man, is my hero. I mean, uh, he played with my brother, and that was my first exposure to sports in BYU. And I'm, you know, nine years old, shooting in the in the back part of the Marriott Center. You know, they had a little hoop there, and there's Danny Ainge, and he's treating me nice. And he was he was my my hero. I mean, I just love Danny Ainge, and what an amazing athlete maybe one of the all-time great athletes can you imagine i mean he was at BYU as a sophomore doing his thing best college player in the country once basketball season ends he's up to toronto playing major league baseball i mean i can't you imagine zion williams going up to boston to play for the red sox in in the offseason i mean no nobody does that and he was you know, so young at the time as you've talked about, and and you know, wasn't didn't wasn't gangbusters up there, but the, just the fact that he was a college basketball player playing major league baseball was was really remarkable. So I love Danny, I love him, but I love my Jays, and I've been waiting for them to call up Guerrero forever. I'm like, what's what are you waiting for? He's the best. He was the best power hitter in the minors last year. Get get him up there. You need some offensive help and. So, I mean, I, as long as he's getting hits and doubles and triples and, and hitting well, I, I don't mind if he doesn't hit a homer uh, until he gets past the Danny Ainge mark. But uh, I want my Jay. Number one is that the Jays are winning. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a, they, they've actually been playing a little bit better. They're, they're not great, but they've been playing better until uh, last night's loss. All right, so we filled our annual Blue Jays quota on the show. Yeah, that's, we will, a, that's enough of that. Heretofore, what? not discuss the Blue Jays anymore I, for the rest of the calendar year. I, I got a lot more stuff. Are you sure? You don't want to talk more Blue Jays. Listen, if Taylor Cole still played for them, then maybe. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. All I know about the Jays is they get great players, and then the Yankees take them once they get great. <laughs> yeah, that's almost everybody, right? Um, on a more serious note, Mark, um, we talked about it a little bit, but Tuesday night, uh, Danny Ainge had a mild heart attack. He appears to be doing okay, but that was a pretty scary situation for one of the greatest athletes in BYU history. 
Yeah, and, uh, my th- thoughts and prayers go out to Danny. I mean, it's a great family, da- Danny and Michelle and, and his kids. And, of course, we know the kids that have come through BYU and Austin and Tanner. I mean, it, it's it's just an amazing family. And uh, they're great representatives of BYU and of the uh, LDS Church. And, uh, and Danny has just had such success in every facet of his life. Uh, and so it's so good to hear that he you know, expected to have a full recovery. And like I said, Danny has always been so gracious and kind and good to me. You know, it's just some punk little kid following him around and, uh, and is always friendly when I see him and, uh, and remembers me, which, you know, he knows a lot of people. So it makes me feel good. And so absolutely uh, all the love in the world to, to Danny and the Ainge family. I'm just happy to hear that, that uh, he, he's going to be okay. Mark Durant with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk actual BYU basketball now. And Danny Ainge was at the West Coast Conference Tournament, and it was fun to see him representing the Y and rooting for the BYU women's basketball team when they were on their way to a title and and sitting there with Brian Santiago. But obviously he wants to see BYU men's basketball be back in that NCAA tournament conversation with the new coaching staff in place. What do you think is a fair expectation, Mark? Let me, I'll answer that. Let me tell you a funny little Danny Ainge story. I, I saw him at, when BYU played at, uh, at UNLV this past year down at, what's the, what's the name of the new arena there? Team Mobile. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. So I, I'm walking in, and there's Danny, and he looks like a lost puppy out there. And he's like, Mark, I, I need to get in here and get into this game. I need to see this game. I'm like, well, you're Danny Ainge. Just go, go walk in, you know. But so he said, no, no, you go in and tell so-and-so and get him out here and get me in the game. So I go in and, and get Danny Ainge into the T-Mobile arena. And then the other funny part was there's Bill Lambeer there as well. And and they start talking, and I expect a fight to break out at any moment. <laughs> but they, they were pretty friendly. But anyway, uh, about BYU, I, you know, uh, it, I'm I'm just excited. Uh, I don't know how good they'll be, but I'm optimistic. Uh, and the reason I'm optimistic is I think you ha- you really do have a good core of players. You know, TJ is going to be in the talk for the conference player of the year. Um, you've got uh, Nick Emery and Zach Selyus and uh, Gavin Baxter and Connor Harding, and you bring in uh, Toulson from UVU and. Listen, that's a pretty good core, and if you could bring in some other pieces, and I know uh, Coach Pope and his staff are working on that, uh, and then you combine that with uh, a, there's a new energy, I think, in the program, and people are excited, and, and I've been in that situation. When I was a freshman, Roger Reed, that was his first year, and no one really expected us to be any good. We were picked at the bottom of the conference, and we ended up tying for a conference championship and going to the NCAA tournament, uh, and there's there's a lot that excitement and momentum can do for you, and I think that, I think that's what this team's got going for them, and they've got good experience. I like I couldn't be more happy about the staff, and I got a chance to talk to Nick Robinson the other night, and I just think the world of him. He's really sharp. looks looks like he'll be a great asset. And uh, Chris Burgess, I think, is tremendous. He's done a nice job at UVU, and, I, and we know Cody Figure from his time at BYU. He's an up and coming coach, and and I, I think the world of Coach Pope. So that's a long-winded answer, but I, I'm just excited. I I don't know what'll happen. It could go, it could go wrong. Uh, may, maybe they struggle for a little while, but I, I'm optimistic that they can have a better year than this year than they have than they had last year. 
We've made the football schedule, and I guess me in particular, uh, a big deal, how hard it is or easy it is or whatever. With the basketball schedule, we don't talk about it that much, but with a first-year head coach uh, at BYU, what kind of schedule do you think would be ideal for Mark Pope and this team? Well, uh, I mean, there's different schools of thought. If if your goal is to go to the NCAA tournament, you just have to play good teams. I mean, it's just the nature of things now. You have to put yourself out there. They've got the Maui Invitational already set. They'll be that, that, That's a good – obviously, they're going to have good teams there, which will help them. And, and you've got to try and pick up a win or two along the way. M- my philosophy is uh, have a nice mix. You know, I think Gonzaga does it well. They play some, some named teams every year. And then they play some not named. I think that's what you have to do to make sure that you're getting that win total up there enough. But then you're also having the strength of schedule factor in as well. I mean, it's a combination of those things. I don't think you can go one or the other anymore if you're BYU. You can't, you can't go everybody hard or you're not going to win enough games, but you can't go everybody softer. You're not going to have the strength of schedule. So. Uh, that's another Winona Ryder answer there that I'm, you know, you see equations out there, but uh, I think that's what you have to do now. And it'll be interesting to see what uh, Coach Pope puts together with the administration. From Winona Ryder to the Toronto Blue Jays, he's got us covered, people. Mark Durant with us. Great to talk to you, my friend. Always a pleasure, guys. The barbecue's happening. I'm expecting you to be there this year. Yeah, let us know the day. We'll be there. All right, guys, thanks a lot. You got it. Mark Durant on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Two years ago, we had a bar- we, were, we were finally invited to the prestigious Durant Barbecue. <laughs> so it's like anybody that covers BYU hoops, the radio side. and the I, wait, Well, I, I'm thinking of a couple people that weren't invited now. But anyway, <laughs> it was so fun. It was so fun. So I look forward to hanging out with Mark and his goats. Yeah, Mark's done well for himself. Yeah. He's, he's, and he deserves it, man. Yeah, I'll never have a house He really much. deserves it. <laughs> Coming up, Shaylee Gonzalez in the World Cup. What's that all about? I'm so confused because they did announce the Women's World Cup roster for soccer yesterday, but we're not talking about that. Also, BYU football will go 4-4 four and four in the first eight games, Jerem. Is that a question or an answer? This is BYU Sports Nation. I demand a question answer. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We continue on a Friday. Let's keep it rolling with another glance at today's headlines. The Mountain West Conference website reveals BYU football will play at Utah State in Logan, Maverick Stadium, November 2nd. That's a Saturday on the ESPN family of networks. And then BYU at San Diego State four weeks later on November 30th. That game can be seen on CBS Sports Network. Former Cougar running back Ula Tolutau is in the NCAA transfer portal. That, according to Jay Catch, our homie, 1280 The Zone in Salt Lake. Tolutau was not enrolled at BYU last year. It was hoping to return to the team, but is reportedly looking elsewhere. WCC Newcomer of the Year in women's basketball. Shaley Gonzalez invited to the USA Women's Under-19 World Cup team trials. Gonzalez will take part in those trials from May 16th to the 19th all in hopes of making the final 12-member team. We'll talk to her coming up. Yeah. And the number 25 BYU baseball team lost 5-1 at LMU last night. Unfortunately, the two times they've been ranked this year, they then lost the next game, I believe, which is, hopefully they can take the series uh, tonight, Game 2, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio, Game 3 tomorrow, 4 Eastern. We have a new segment here. We call it Questions or Answers, where we present a statement that can either ultimately be more of a question Mm -hmm. or more of an answer. What is a winning record? It is presented by Delta (laughs) Airlines, and we are presenting you, the third member of today's BYU Sports Nation crew, Ben Bagley. Hi, Ben. 
Hi, guys. Here's your first statement. BYU football will go 4-4 four and four in the first eight games. To me, this is a question. I think BYU is probably going 3-5. and five. The question is, can BYU go 2-2 two and two in the first four? Because I think 2-2 two and two in the next four is something that can be done. Okay, three, uh, Winning three out of those four in the, in the next four will be a challenge. Three or four on the road. We've talked about the Eastern time zone thing. The travel is a big deal, and historically, like we mentioned, BYU is 1-18. Notre Dame had a winning record of .542, uh, and that's not win percent. I think this is a question. Oh, man, this is, uh, this is a well-placed question or answer because I'm torn. Uh, my heart says this is an answer. My mind says this is What does your elbow say? A question. I don't know. I'll consult with my elbow right now. Mm-hmm. Um, elbow is determining this is an answer, Jerem. I think BYU is That's gonna the go answer. I think BYU is gonna go four and four in the first eight games. I think four and four is a is a decent showing as well. I'm not I don't want to act like that's terrible because I just think this is so stacked that four and four would be good and here's why. Relatively good. Because in November you're getting the first three. So you get to seven and four, and then if you beat San Diego State eight and four, I would be just fine with eight and oh, four. Oh man! Oh my goodness! And then then you have a oh, shot at nine in a bowl game. Yes, because to me the goal is to get to ten wins. It ain't happening with this schedule this year, in my opinion. I think it's just too hard. Plus, you have an underclassman quarterback. When Zach Wilson's a junior and senior, perhaps you can take it up a notch, okay? As he continues to grow and evolve. But let's be honest: most of the chips are in on Zach Wilson. The hope of BYU is Zach. Wilson. Yes, I believe and Zach without Wilson. him, it's very different. Yeah, I believe Zach Wilson and his offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes in year number two have enough to win four of the first eight games. Yes, and BYU's defense is going to be pretty stout again. I I would think. Yeah, they've been good. Sure, the, the BYU defense from from two thousand like yeah. into the nineties. I mean, BYU's defense has been really good. It's can the offense kind of get back to what it was? BYU's defense last year did enough to win nine games. Okay. Yeah. They did enough to win nine games. Offense just couldn't get it done. So I think that will change against a tougher schedule, four and four in the first set. I'm, I'm going with the answer. Next. Second one BYU Hoops will have three or more new incoming transfers on their roster next season. This is sneaky because two have been reported, but we're waiting on perhaps more. I think this is an answer that it's three or more. I think that we'll see at least one more transfer come into the pipeline, plus the two, which we can't mention until they're official, have been uh, reported that will come. Transfers were a staple of the Pope era, and I think uh, BYU has obviously uh, Ryland Bergerson leaving, Joshier Hardnett, Yoli Childs I don't think is coming back, and so you've got some openings. Yeah, and a transfer, even though they have to still sit out a year in many cases, could st- it still counts as a transfer. They're, they're not playing, but they're still a part of the team. Right. Grad transfer could play right away. JC guy could play right away. D1 with a hardship could play right away, but they have to get a waiver. I'm still going to go question here. Even though two have been reported and we're waiting for official word, I don't know if there's room for three on the roster. Is there more movement within this team to open it right. up? But we don't know that everyone's coming back, per se. Yeah, I don't know. So, that, that, again, that's why it's more of a question yeah. to me. Is I, there are so many moving parts here. Is there enough room when all is said and done to bring in a potential third transfer? I'm going question here. All right, number three. The Saints will have two BYU players on their raw 53-man roster on opening day. This is a question because it's Taysom Hill plus one. Will Corbin <laughs> Kafusi be that guy? Will Ziggy Ansah sign with the Saints? 
Uh, will someone else move in the offseason and play for the Saints from BYU? Will Dylan Colley do the unthinkable and uh, make the 53? Make the 53? If Dylan, if Dylan makes the practice squad, I think that's an amazing oh, accomplishment. That'd be so Colby Pearson 53 again, right? Is, yeah, 53 would be that's pretty wild and that'd be amazing, right? So I got a question. Uh, I'm going to say answer. I think that uh, Corbin Kafusi. Oh, man. Well, again, it's opening day. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Opening day changes things. Because I think at some point there will be two BYU players on the 53 in the season. But on opening day, yeah, I'm going to go with you then. Uh, Opening day changes things. It's uh, it's a question for me right now. Next. Last one. The Suns will pick up the second-year option. Oh for boy. Jim or for that, just hired his former coach, Monty Williams. He was with him in, in New Orleans. That's right. And he also got rid of him in New Orleans, did he yes, not? Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, I think it's a question. I'm guessing that the Suns won't pick up Jimmer's contract and that he'll be a free agent and can pursue another NBA team or Europe or whatever. This is a question to me. It is not the answer. So James Jones was the man that orchestrated all of this. He is the new general manager of the Phoenix Suns, and he was not – he didn't have as much power in the moment. But now, now I mean, now he's been given full reign over the Phoenix Suns uh, to make roster moves. He wanted Jimmer back from China. So with, with – It didn't go very well. James Jones and – well, there is now speculation that Igor Kokoshkov, the head coach, was definitely not in on the Jimmer situation. Oh, so, another tale of another coach. Exactly. When is this story not? Does Monty Williams change things along with James Jones in Phoenix for Jimmer Fredette? Do they take I've a seen breath? This movie. Do they take a breath and hold on to him and let him play a little bit more and, and see before they make the ultimate decision and, and maybe they, they start the season with them and it doesn't work out through ten or fifteen games and then they part ways. I don't know. Yeah, I'd I'd love for them to pick up his contract. If I'm the Suns, I don't, based on how it went. I don't. Uh, yeah, I like wanna, I want him to be picked yeah. up, but it, it like he didn't play very well. It he definitely shot terribly it from the definitely three, and that's what he does a, the best. It definitely still is a question. Yeah. I want it so much for Jimmer to be an answer because I would like to see him feel like okay, the organization has confidence in me there, and maybe that would switch something for him mentally. If they did pick up the second year's contract, maybe that would change things for him. Yeah, they and he wouldn't feel like man, he wouldn't be pressing to prove himself and all that stuff. If they picked up the second year of his contract, I think we'd see an entirely different mentality and approach from Jimmer Fredette. He went 0 of 13 from three. I know, and and it's not a lot of volume, but still, that's what what would, what's his greatest strength? He's a three point shooter. He's a scorer. I think is his greatest yeah. strength. Period. Not not, not just in, a three point shooter. Not in, the, he, not in the NBA. He's a scorer. Not. not in the NBA, but as a three point shooter, yes. Well, what in was China, his overall field goal percentage? Uh, 28%. Okay. So for two, he shot, what, 54%? Again, it didn't go well. 54%, yeah. and then he was over 13 from the I want him to line. succeed, but it's I, he's a great non-NBA player. Tremendous non-NBA Tony, player. Tony, if they pick up the second year of his contract, it changes everything for him mentally. Like, the pressure is off. It's off. Now he can just go play. If they give him time and they didn't... They DNP'd him. You well, said that's guy, Igor. They DNP'd they got, him they got, three they times. Coach. That's, again, the coach. Igor's not in on it. <sighs> It's not always the coach. Coming up, what BYU team is playing for a national title tomorrow? Shaylee Gonzalez is hoping to play for Team USA in the World Cup. We're going to ask her how this all began. And uh, is this going on in her vlog? This is BYU Sports Nation. Of course it is. This segment brought to you by Delta Airlines. Climb higher. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
After a loss last night at LMU, the Cougar baseball team looks to take game two tonight, led by 6-0 pitcher Easton Walker and his 0.93 ERA, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Happy Friday. This is how we do it. And we are now bringing in guest number two on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, West Coast Conference Newcomer of the Year, BYU basketball point guard Shaylee Gonzalez. Shaylee, welcome back to the program. Hey, guys. How are you? Fantastic. You. Hey, we're great. How's your off-season going, uh, World Cup? Um, it's going great. I'm putting in a lot of extra work right now and trying to get ready for Team USA tryouts this month. What does that mean to be invited? You're one of 30 players to be invited to uh, try out for this U19 USA team. Um, you know, I feel very blessed um, my position I am in right now, and it is just a great honor. I want to go and um, be able to represent the U.S., but um, also BYU. How did you find out that you uh, were going to be invited to this group of tryouts? Um, so you over 100 girls applied for it, and only 35 got emails that they made it. So I got an email, and I was super excited, and I can't wait to go out there and show them what I'm made of. Let's be honest. Riding an elephant in July would be great for the vlog, right, in Thailand? Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be a sick vlog. <laughs> what, uh, obviously, you want to get better. This is certainly a, a potential vehicle to help your game a lot, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the girls up there are the best of the best. So if I go up there and play against them, um, it'll definitely make me better. I mean, uh, I don't know if you've seen the list, but is there anybody that you know that is going to be there that you have played against or played with as you've grown up? Um, there are a couple girls, I think, that I played against club basketball, like in overstate tournaments. So I'm excited to play against them again. So it's not completely foreign to you. You'll see some familiar faces. Yes. Yeah, I will. Any from Auburn or Stanford? Um, I think there's actually two or three girls who will be freshmen next year who are, who will be up there. So but they weren't in the game to where you can be like, hey, no. let's, let's redo this. Let's, let's <laughs> no. play this again right now. Yeah. Now that, now yeah, that the, no. the dust has settled on the season, and it was a tremendous season, I think uh, I can speak for everyone that watched it. It was fun to watch, and everyone's really Thank excited you. about next year. WCC <laughs> champs obviously won in the NCAA tournament, uh, took it to, to the end against Stanford there. How did you feel about how the season went as a team? Um, I think as a team we – you know, every single game we got better. And, you know, going to the NCAA tournament made us a lot closer, not just on the court, but off the court. And I think having, like, a good relationship with your teammates is important. So you can just play better on the court. And we had an amazing season, and we did. We accomplished a lot of goals. For you individually, uh, 17 a game, newcomer of the year in the league, 45% from the field, 35% from three. Was that what you were hoping to do as a freshman? Um, I exceeded tons of my goals. I didn't know how I was going to fit in with the team at first, obviously because I'm a freshman and I don't know how I was going to work with the team. But, yeah, I definitely, like, overachieved all my goals, and I'm, like, very proud of myself for that. Does that, does that mean you have to set higher goals next year then? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> so a 7-seed in the NCAA tournament, West Coast Conference Tournament champs, what are your team goals for next season? Uh, next season, obviously, to win another West Coast Conference. Um, 
we want to go farther in the NCAA tournament, you know, go to the Sweet 16, go farther than that. And I hope we really do. I know that my team, we're all hard workers, and we all want the same thing. So I'm really excited for next season. Is it in the realm of possibilities in your mind that BYU, because you were a seven seed, could climb three more spots on that seed line and potentially host some yes. games in the Marriott Center? Yes, I really do think that we can do that, just as long as we work hard. And I really hope we can do that because then we get more fans. And, yeah, this next season we really want a lot more fans and being there supporting us, so we're excited for that. Well, you'll need a stacked schedule to get the RPI necessary, right? So just go tell Juddy, hey, load it up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Shaylee, congratulations on everything. We wish you the best of luck in uh, the Under-19 World Cup tryouts uh, happening uh, just in uh, a little bit. And uh, we, we hope at some point that we'll see you in Thailand, whether it's on an elephant or playing basketball. <laughs> or both. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. All right. Oh, you know what? We need to give you some karma. So take give the karma. Give some karma for the tryouts. Go do your thing. Good, good luck. And enjoy. Yeah. Thank you. You got it. Shaylee Gonzalez on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. She's a baller, man. And that's the hope that you recruit one of these a year. One of these tremendous players with a great attitude, great work ethic, very coachable. And then you compile this group and then you do some damage. And that's what we've seen. The combination uh, of players and types that BYU Women's Hoops has is very exciting. Like, I think this is the most ex- I've been excited for this team since I've oh. been here. And that's 13 years at BYU TV. Like, I'm really excited about their season. They're going to be ranked in the top 25 to open the season, most likely. Yeah. Which I don't know. Because that, of who they return. I don't know that they, that yeah. has ever happened, where BYU has been a ranked team going into the season in women's basketball. We'll have to ask Ambrosia Anderson if that was the case. Bro, yes. Coming up, a former Cougar running back is in the transfer portal. And where did Joshir Hardnett transfer to? And another... Personal record for a BYU athlete. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation continues with a shout-out to today's guests, Mark Durant and Shaylee Gonzalez. Gonzalez, of course, preparing for the U19 World Cup basketball tryouts later this month, May 16th through the 19th. And Mark Durant preparing for our barbecue. <laughs> Show's on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. We know TV networks for two games this season. November 2nd at Utah State will be on an ESPN channel. Then November 30th at San Diego State will be on CBS Sports Network. Former Cougar running back Ula Tolutau is in the NCAA transfer portal. That news, according to Jake Hatch of 1280 The Zone in Salt Lake City, Tolutau was not part of the BYU football program last season. There was hope he might return to the team, but reportedly is now looking elsewhere. Women's basketball. West Coast Conference Newcomer of the Year and the interviewee of last segment, Shaylee Gonzalez, was invited to travel for the USA U19 World Cup team. She's part of 30 invitees, whittled down to 12 in July for the World Cup in Thailand. Baseball. Number 25 BYU baseball has now lost back-to-back games after last night's 5-1 loss at LMU. The Cougars stranded runners in seven of nine innings, included two situations with the bases loaded. Game two, bounce back special. Tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio. And game three tomorrow at 4 Eastern. You can listen to that also on BYU Radio. Softball. Cougars are 8-1 in West Coast Conference play and square off with St. Mary's for a trio of games beginning tonight in Moraga, 6 Eastern. Then tomorrow, a doubleheader starting at 3 Eastern. 
track and field. Following a personal record by both Connor McMillan and Rory Linkletter in yesterday's meets, men's track and field now ranked 1, 2, 3, and 4 in the NCAA in the 10,000 meters. Nice. Also, Connor Mance runs 13 minutes, 29 seconds, 7,300s, and Clayton Young a 13:31.79 for big personal records in the 5,000 for number two and number three all-time in BYU history. Banner performances. Passing, by the way, head coach Ed Eyestone on that list. Not bad. Cougars in pro hoops. Brandon Davies scored eight points, grabbed three rebounds, and a win for Zalgiris in Lithuania. Rugby. Plays Virginia Tech for the USA Rugby D1 Spring National Championship tomorrow at 2 Eastern in Charlotte, North Carolina. Good luck. Yeah. Cougars in the PGA. Specifically on the Web.com Tour in the Nashville Golf Open. Zach Blair, 4 under through 15, tied for 8th. Daniel Summerhays, 7 over through 15. Back to you. Cougars in the minor. Colton Shaver went 2 for 4 with 2 runs batted in as the Class A advanced Fayetteville Woodpeckers beat the Lynchburg Hillcats. And Brendan Lund went 1 for 2. 2 walks as the AAA Salt Lake Bees lost to the Tacoma Rainiers. Men's basketball. Now former BYU basketball guard Jashir Hardnett announces he is transferring to play for the Grizzlies of Montana in the Big Sky Conference. Right, so play against Weber State. Again. Today's rise and shout-outs now. For me, goes to Laura Trineman, Jerem, for tweeting out a photo of her son Jonah Trineman, former BYU football player, walking into day one of minicamps with the Chicago Bears. And, of course, Jonah... Rocking BYU gear. Of course. Like Sione Takitaki was rocking yeah. BYU gear, walking into yeah. day one with his Cleveland what's, Browns. What's he going to do? Wear his jet stuff? Well, I mean, you, in the you, y, baby. you could wear generic stuff, but I, I like to see these guys still rocking their BYU stuff. Good luck to Jonah as well as uh, he begins again with the Bears. And mine goes to Kenneth Rooks, who ran an 8.47, I believe, in the, I don't remember what race, but he lost his shoe halfway <laughs> through the race. <laughs> And he finished the race with one shoe. <laughs> Kenneth Rooks, nice. Our In question, a race. Our question of the day: If you were to name a racehorse, BYU centric, what would it be? Oh, we haven't gone to these. these we are haven't. Nelvin Wilson on Facebook. Gmo Dashen. Yeah, of course. Cougar Grant thirty three on Instagram. Hail Mangum. <laughs> nice. Yes. Toshlin nineteen. Jimmer time. The elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating fifty years at Y Soup on Twitter. Taki Taki making his move. Taki Taki takes the rail. Taki Taki pushes ahead. Taki Taki by a nose. Taki Taki. That's a great one. Love it. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time for you. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Sam Burgess. Join us tonight for BYU Baseball and BYU Radio at 9 Eastern. Till then, go Cougs. On the-